0: Welcome back to Balancing Chaos, the podcast with Kelly (laughs) and Gretchen, (laughs) and we are excited to... Well, we're not excited because it's kind of terrible, but we're going to be talking today about um, guns, so I'm sure that will get a lot of opinions Mm -hmm. fired up out there, but we're going to start with talking about the election because we're recording this on Thursday after the election on Tuesday, and I am an absolutely... Unabashed, was a Hillary supporter and was devastated by the election results a year ago and have been more – because of that, I have been more politically motivated than I ever have in my entire life. So the last year I've spent doing things like calling my members of Congress and asking them to not vote to repeal Obamacare and uh, I even went on a Girl Scout trip. And during the photo op, I cornered my state senator, Susan Collins, who is pretty – well-known in the healthcare debate and very politely asked her as a girl scout and a mom to save our healthcare. And not just because of, and I have employer-based healthcare, but <clears throat> the provisions could have impacted my employer-based healthcare, which I feel like a lot of people didn't understand. This was in June. So there's been so many iterations over the time. So anyway, so I was, have been very politically involved. And so my highlight of election night this year was that because of that, I ended up working on a local campaign for a city councillor, and I actually got to be the person to tell her that she won. Did uh, I tell you that? No. So Because I'm monitoring her Facebook page, somebody posted and tagged her and said congratulations to our newest city councillor, Laura. And I showed it to the person sitting next to me, and I was like, I think she just won. <laughs> and he was like, you got to go tell her, so when I was like, Laura, and I held it up and, and I said, you won, and she was like, no, that's a joke, that has to be a joke. He's just pulling my leg, and I'm like, I don't think he is. And, uh, and, so it was, and then her campaign manager came in from outside with the official results and was, it was all very exciting. So it was like incredibly intoxicating and I don't think it's the last campaign that I'll work on. And mm-hmm. so while a year ago I was literally sick to my stomach and a walking zombie on November 9th, this year I feel way more involved. And what Somebody said that it was like a booster shot for democracy to have that happen, to be like, no, you can't just sit back and expect that it's going to yeah. work itself out. So well, that was I, my election.
1: <laughs> well, I think that you turned something – that was personally difficult for you into something positive. And I think it's important to say that <clears throat> Laura, who she's speaking with, is a person who moved here from San Francisco, California. Yeah. She is a life, lifelong life, life waitress. Yep. And a woman. And yep. she said, because I ran into her in one of the local stores, and we had a very long conversation. <laughs> I was very impressed. Did you tell her you knew me? It, I didn't, actually. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even throw in, I know, the Gretchen card. But um, she said she moved here and fell in love with the area. And what's so great about Bangor specifically is we essentially have everything we need, although we know that she is very much in support of increasing access throughout the city through public Huge. transit. Her, Huge. One of her this things, is like her campaign slogan. One of her
0: things she said, and she was like, um, she was like the revolution will be handicapped accessible.
1: Oh. Which I
0: love, because there's yeah. a whole thing, you know, to get rid of the ADA requirements for businesses and to make it be that, you can't have that. Um, and that's the thing is I teach you teach universal design in some of my classes. And I always tell my students, I'm like, look, all these things are here. I'm like, how many of you have used your hip to open the automatic doors because you're carrying a lot of books? Mm-hmm. How many of you have been appreciate the lever handles? I'm like all that was there to accommodate people with disabilities, but it makes life better for everyone. That's what universal design is. So and the sidewalks downtown right now are, I have almost broken my ankle like 40 times yeah. tripping on them. So I, I sort but the ha- revolution will be handicapped accessible was, I thought was pretty
1: cool. <laughs> Round two. So <laughs> she, so she said to me, she said that her friends from San Francisco think it's crazy that she was able to g- even get on the ballot. And that's, and that makes, it makes me really proud to live in this small community because it, you know, we have much, our city is run by a representative group. Now, well, it I is think...
0: representative because you have the business people, you have the sort of the the politiciany people. Yeah, we have a small business owner. I'm trying to, you know, we have. Well, now um, we have a
1: librarian.
0: We have a librarian, a small business owner, a server, a um, who was the what's uh one works for a nonprofit that I actually love called Hardy Girls Healthy Women. I have their sticker on my car, <laughs> um, and they're all about like making sure that girls grow up to be empowered. So she works for them. Uh, I'm trying to think of what, but it's I think like we have a very
1: attorneys.
0: Yeah, but it's very representative, and, yeah. and it's so exciting now that there's three women on city council, and that there are three, you know, diverse women and what they do and all that kind of stuff. It's just really cool. So I'm very excited. The other
1: stat that I love is that five of the city council representatives are under 40. Yeah, It's really what's exciting. wrong with being
0: over 40, Kelly. <laughs>
1: But, you know, one of the major challenges facing the state of Maine is the aging population, and most counties are at risk for not having right. enough distribution.
0: But, what, so, and, and one of our counselors had actually talked about how our city actually was bucking that trend, and I just found out this we are. morning that one of my former co-workers who went to school here and worked at my school for years... She left several years ago to work for a more, pre- more prestigious school in the state. And I just went out this morning that she's coming back. And she's not only coming back, she's moving back. Even though she could technically commute, it's not that far away. But she's moving her family back. And I was kind of like, all right, we, got, we reeled one back in. <laughs> and I also love that Laura came here. Like, Laura is the person that we want. A young person from away who is a new Mainer yeah. who is here to stay. She has a house, you know, a couple blocks away. So it's pretty awesome. Very cool. So that was my election feedback. Did you have any? And also pretty psyched about about the Medicaid expansion, even though yes. our governors, you know.
1: You know, I'll make a confession. There, I was, I definitely supported Paula Page in the second round of elections. <laughs> 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 I'm scared to tell you, Gretchen. <laughs> but I remember, you know, Leia we had on last week. I went to her office <laughs> and I said, Leia, I just want to let you know I'm going to vote for Governor LePage again. And she was so kind about it, again, the kind liberal. But the reason and when why... And I got out and I couldn't drive because there was sugar in my gas tank. <laughs> she was just
0: so sweet.
1: Well, she said, okay. <laughs> but I think one of the biggest reasons that he sold me is that for so many years, the heroin epidemic was hidden in my... I, because when I was in graduating nursing school in the final year, I did my partnership in a neonatal intensive care unit. And more than half the unit was babies withdrawing from... Yeah, substances, and I had no idea this was a problem. We never learned about it in school. No one was talking about it. It was this big, dirty secret. And I think the one thing as governor that he's done—well, two things that I think have been really great—is that he just said, "Hey, we have a problem." Now his solutions and approaches <laughs> are really stressing me out. Now, and what are
0: his solutions? Because he doesn't really have solutions. Oh, solution he's just like, "Let's cut
1: public health. No public health. Let's cut." So
0: if you could get back access. into your time machine oh. with Bill and Ted and dial back, I know, I what like. would, you have, right. would I don't, you have done? I don't
1: remember who he was running against, but I don't think I would re him. Uh, Mike Michio Re-elected.
0: and... and um, Why am I blanking the, the third party, Elliot Cutler? So he was running against Mike Michio and Elliot Cutler, who was running as an independent, and Mike Michio and Elliot Cutler split the vote, which is why
1: mm.
0: he ended up winning with, like, 32%, because liberals were split between the other two.
1: And the other the other thing that I liked that he did is pay back the hospitals because they were that needed to happen, and, and then
0: now they're all closing. I know, <laughs> I, but it's more.
1: It's, the thing is that's the problem. Healthcare is so complicated. It's not, we, you know, we can we can we can pay back the hospitals for the outdated Medicaid bills, but until we fix our system, we're always right. going to have healthcare financing and adding multiple lever, levels of policy is not going to be the answer. I'm a firm right. believer in universal healthcare. It's the yes. only solution. And so Maine has voted to expand
0: Medicaid, but, and so it got a lot of, like a ton of national press and kind of, and those of us in Maine were kind of like, yeah, right. He's just going to figure out some way to set this on fire. Like he has set everything else on fire and try to make it not happen. But the positive in that is that I do think it is a shot across the bow for the country that... When you put it in front of the people, even because people are like you know Maine—it's a—it's a rural state and it's you know a high poverty rate and all this—and they still voted for it, even though the breakdown was that wealthier people voted for it way more than mm-hmm. areas of poverty did, which we will never understand. Mm-hmm. But whatever. But it does sort of send a message that there are that people support health care, and it makes it—I mean, I—I I can't imagine that Poliquin will survive the next the midterms in general. So. It's one of those things that, so politically, we may get on the map a little bit, and hopefully, it helps move forward healthcare policy discussion as we go forward. Yeah, it's my hope.
1: I hope so. <coughs> I'm, I'm I'm thrilled that Question too passed. It's it's necessary, especially to combat the heroin, opioid epidemic we're facing in the state, and many other people who just don't make quite enough money to afford healthcare. Well, somebody said, and
0: somebody said, you know, there's a whole generation of workers that are missing because they're heroin addicts and they're never yeah. going to get better, better yeah. without healthcare and we don't, and we're such a widespread rural, it's just like, how I will, ne- I'm just never going to understand not supporting giving everybody the choice for healthcare and it is it blows my mind and I'm sure we'll get comments on that.
1: <laughs> well, I just think that there's a big misconception that if we don't pay for health care, then we'll never have to pay for, quote, these people. Right. And that's absolutely untrue. There are laws that mandate that emergency departments and healthcare providers care, especially in the case of an emergency, care for people um, regardless of ability to pay. So what tends to happen is people avoid preventative and primary care because they don't have access to health insurance, and then it's a catastrophic incident, and then they end up in the ER for whatever reason and then it's such a higher cost or they'll end up in the jail, which is also a, ca- a burden to taxpayers. So if we just open- Do we provide the medical care once they're in the jail? Okay, well that's a very interesting um, question because t- uh, healthcare in the jail is funded by um, your property tax. Okay. And the jail has a budget for healthcare in Penobscot County, I think is around $2 million. And so, it's nothing. right. So what happens is you, um, when you go into jail, you lose your health insurance legally. So you do get, there is healthcare provided in the jail, but the problem is when then you're released from jail, you don't have health insurance coverage anymore and you can get reinstated with main care or whatever insurer you have, but that's a process, a complex process. Right. So you have to apply and, you, and if you have a
0: pre existing condition and yeah. if they take away those mandates, then that's going to be terrible. And.
1: And so a lot you know there is a strong correlation with mental health and incarceration or and or addiction and incarceration. so if you are in the jail and receiving treatments uh, and then you're discharged from the jail without any a- access to a provider or health insurance coverage, then your rate of recidivism is likely to increase. So will increase. you
0: contact your state rep- like your our district or whatever representatives to say that you support the Medicaid expansion and hope that they Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Like, but, because sometimes, because what I, I never contacted a legislator ever before last year, ever. I was just like, well, you could kind of do what I want. We're good. I'll vote. It's all cool. Yeah. And now I literally have them in my phone under P. I have a whole <laughs> section of political and I have Collins and I have Kang and I have Poliquin and I'm going to contact our local people, although our district is pretty representative of people who are going to support it anyway. But I'm going to call and be like, no, really, don't let him get away with this. I call... I call so much that I get the same people and I know they know who I am. I'm like, oh, <laughs> hey, AJ, hi. Yeah, we've talked before. Hi. I just wanted <laughs> to like remind <laughs> you that I really support healthcare for all and I would not be happy if Paula Quinn were to vote against. Like, I call all the time. And, I, and it literally, if I went through my phone, it's like the calls are 20 seconds long. I'm like, why did I never call before yeah. when it's 20 seconds out of my time to, like, make my voice heard? So I call all the time.
1: I've called a couple of times. I, my first time I ever, I wrote a letter once to Angus King about genetically modified organisms. Because you know I'm big on nutrition and health. Yes. And I believe we, should, we do have a right to know if our mm-hmm. food is genetically modified. And he responded back basically that he didn't support labeling genetically modified organisms because it would cost the average main family $300 extra per month in their grocery bill and food care costs were already high, blah, blah. And then I just, it made me so mad because I said, okay, yes, I completely agree with you. Food costs right. is high. But look at our healthcare expenses. And it's all because right. we don't value in our country preventative care.
0: And, well, and you food is everything. Well, and part of the reason, part of the way to get preventative care isn't just the food, but also having preventative care available. Absolutely. And he does at least, and King does support like the... Affordable Care Act is preventive care because he he talks about it how he's a cancer survivor so that's that's I've seen him
1: speak at different forums and I I agree with him for the most part but I did not like his response to my genetically modified but although we are I think one of two states that did pass genetic modification modification, I actually um, one of the times that I
0: called Paula Quinn's (laughs) office there was this thing somebody had a bill out to get rid of the penny so I was like I don't want to vote on health care I don't want to do this. And also, I also support the thing to get rid of the penny. So I put that down too. And the guy laughed. But I was like, you know. But I do. Pennies. I, when I went to Australia, they didn't have the penny. And it was so weird, but it made so much more sense. So I'm also anti-penny. And I am also anti-time zones. And I think we oh. should go to two time zones, East Coast, West Coast, with no daylight savings time and be done with it. So I'm going to contact Pen, my legislators about that And I amen. I yes. hate
1: daylight savings time has a whole new meaning when you have children. Oh, Yeah. It's seriously torture. Someone was just, and I don't understand how how it helps anybody because now it's dark at three o'clock. I looked out my office window,
0: and it was dusk in December. And so, we live in Maine, and I think we and we talked about this on one of our other shows about the dark. And in December, close to the um, solstice, and that's not like a pagan reference; it's a meteorological reference. <laughs> um, I will get to work before sunrise and leave after sunset and I work 7 30 to 4 yeah and it will be dark on both ends and it's like oh this is so crazy and it's like when the light comes back it's such a it's like a miraculous thing like that should be a celebration we should have a vacation then it's crazy
1: You see everyone you haven't seen any of your neighbors all winter, and then all of a sudden, the first night the day, the entire neighborhood is out in the street. Oh, my God. Oh, great to see you. I haven't seen you in six months. I thought you were dead. (laughs) I'm glad you're
0: alive. This is great. So, yeah. So, Mm. so those are... So, healthcare, the penny, time zones, and so we're going to talk about guns today, because it is hunting season in Maine. (laughs) So, and there actually has already been a hunting fatality, and it wasn't a... Mm-hmm. A hunter did not identify his target and shot a woman and left her like you read, you read the details on that. No. So it was down in sort of southern or western Maine and this woman was out on her property and she was not wearing orange, but you're not required to wear orange if you're not a hunter. And she was cleaning up her property and the hunter thought he saw like the quote was like thought I saw legs in an ass of a deer. So he fired and then he heard a scream and he said deer don't scream. And then he saw a rake laying on the ground and he panicked and called his father. And so I think he just shot someone. It didn't go to her cause he was too freaked out to go check on her and she died. Mm-hmm. And so, and so in the, so I grew up in a hunting family. Too. And the number one thing is that you need to absolutely know that what you are pulling the trigger at is a deer mm-hmm. and you can't just kind of hope and, and you don't shoot a deer in the ass in general. Like, <laughs> That's not how you kill a deer. Like, that's just
1: not. Have you killed a
0: deer? I haven't. No. No. Yeah. No. But I fired guns and I did hunter safety and I know how to load a gun. I know how to fire a gun and like a long gun. Um. But I I'm never, I used to go hunting with my dad, but I never, I never saw a deer. But my dad, you, you know, if he gets a deer, he gets a deer. He got one last year. I love. I always joke about that. People get so like worked up about the hunting thing. Like, oh, have you been in the woods and kill a deer? Beautiful, majestic creature. And I'm like, you know what? If they took the deer meat after the butcher's done and packaged it and said this is a locally sourced, uh, free range, yeah, organic, lean red meat, and packaged it and put it on the shelf at Whole Foods, yeah, it would sell for forty dollars a
1: pound. And my so, dad always says this to me because I think deer meat is disgusting, and he'll say the same thing, Kelly. It's lean and <laughs>
0: they, see, but I, I see, I like it, and they, and they sell it like, like. Like fancy restaurants, will have would be like some venison, and they're like, yeah, it's deer meat, you know. And um, so, so I'm I'm fine. With, I'm actually fine with hunting because people will get all working about that, and then be like, all right, like two Big Macs, and like you know where that beef has
1: been. You don't know where that beef has been, so mm-hmm. whatever. So I'm fine with that.
0: But well, I'm I- sure
1: I'm sure that people who aren't into shooting deer also are probably more likely to be vegetarian or vegan. I doubt what? the person you who's. Know, oh, there's
0: always the, there's always those He's ordering
1: Big Macs. At
0: people McDonald's. who are like, "Check out my new leather sofa." I can't believe you killed a deer. Like, there's always that like, <laughs> in between you and start listening, you'll find them. So so anyway so, and then there was also like another mass shooting in Texas, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. follows the one in. Las Vegas, which follows the one in I can't even, Orlando and all these things. So mm-hmm. so what we're going to talk about today is guns. Mm-hmm. And one of the things as parents is that they say that you should ask before a play date, do you have guns in your house? So have you ever asked that question?
1: No. When you told me you had a gun, I was really surprised. Yeah. We don't have any guns.
0: Yeah. So somebody, and so I'm somebody asked that. I
1: terrified to think about James shooting a gun.
0: So, I I have actually, like, when I saw that question, I actually started offering that info, because I actually had bounced it off people, and I was like, look, should I lie about this, or should I be truthful? Because the guns that we have, we have a shotgun and a hunting rifle, and we have no bullets in the house, and they are, like, locked away. They're downstairs in the basement, so I don't even know where they are, because Dave takes care of them. He uses them for hunting with my dad at Thanksgiving, which I think mostly is being able to walk in the woods for a purpose at Thanksgiving and he loves going out there and he'll just go read a book and do whatever. And then they are used. He sometimes goes like target shooting with his, um, with my niece's husband and stuff like that. So those are the two guns that we have. And so I said, should I lie because I really cannot imagine a scenario where a kid would ever find them ever, or should I just be honest? And so my friends were like, you should be honest. So, so I have started actually telling people like, just so you know, We do have two guns in our house. They are hunting guns. We have no bullets. They are locked away and they're in a location where the kids don't go. But, and, and people will be shocked. Like, Oh, you're so liberal. And I'm like, yeah, I'm liberal, but I grew up in Washington County. Like I'm a Washington County liberal. And, um, and I also think that the guns that I worry about in other kids' homes are not the hunting guns. Mm -hmm. It's the Mm handguns, you know? And so I have asked that and, people and I've usually I get the response of, Oh yeah, my husband has our rifle, but it's you know, nobody has said, Oh yeah, we keep a loaded handgun in the junk drawer just in case someone tries to steal our change from our unlocked car. But Yeah, but
1: I think so are we so you're in support of gun reform?
0: I am one hundred percent because I think that I the thing that drives me nuts is that whenever there's any attempt to do any kind of gun reform, there's always this, Oh no, he's gonna take away your gun, Second Amendment, blah blah blah. And I've actually seen, and I wish I could find it, I remember seeing on one comment thread, like, Constitution protects it. And they were like, yeah, but also we can evolve, because they were protecting muskets. Mm-hmm. And I would like, I think a good line for me would be that you needed to have all of the same sort of check marks and benchmarks as it takes to have a driver's license. Mm-hmm. And then plus some criminal background stuff to have a gun. And were like... Well, the Constitution didn't say anything about cars. I'm like, yeah, no shit, it didn't say anything about cars because the Constitution was written in the seventeen hundreds before there were cars. Like, you have to adjust for that. And we obviously figured out a way to to regulate cars and driving. And so I feel and so I am one hundred percent and I don't think we will never in a million years be a gun free society in the US, ever. But I think it is absolutely legitimate to say, here are some standards that you need to meet before having a gun. If you look at Canada's gun laws, look at Australia's gun laws. And it's ridiculous that we can, that even when Sandy Hook happened, Mm -hmm. that people were like, no, still need it. Second amendment, never know. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. screw it. it, it, If you read the Wikipedia article on that, they talk about one little kid who said, I don't want this to happen. And the guy says too bad and shoots him. Mm -hmm. And, my daughter was in first grade when that happened. And so every year on that anniversary I usually make a post on Facebook about it and highlight all the things that she's done since Sandy Hook mm-hmm. and add to it every year. Like, by the way, because she managed to not get shot in school, mm-hmm. she has learned how to do field hockey. She went to Disney World. She's done all this because it really, when I heard it was a first grade classroom, it felt that much more personal. Mm-hmm. Even though we're hundreds of miles away and it wasn't my school, I could picture, I knew exactly what the classroom looked like. Mm-hmm. You know, you could pick, or... You know exactly what those kids look like. Picture your son's classroom right now. Like you can see how little they are, the things that excite them, the things, how excited they would have been for Christmas and all of that kind of stuff. And it just devastates me mm. that there's this whole first grade classroom that never grew up.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think that this just brings in a point about the larger issue with politics right now. From my perspective, I just think that people start fighting for or against something so superficially without really digging into what the actual policies are or the implications of the policies. It's either we're labeled as whatever political party we're affiliated with, and then there's just some general blanket beliefs within that party, and that too many people just kind of go with what their party believes and historically what their parties have believed. And I do think that times have changed so much and policies are so complicated and there's all these weird loopholes and the language is confusing that a lot of times people say, people believe I, I truly believe part of this problem with gun reform is that no one has actually went and read some of the proposed gun reform policy. Like they put, when this was, um, when Sandy Hook took place, and I was just, I was just so devastated at the time. I remember looking at the gun reform policies set forth or suggested by President Obama, and I read every one, and I thought that makes perfect sense. That I, I really don't believe that a, an everyday citizen needs to own an automatic weapon. Right. I mean, and so I, I just think that sometimes, especially with social me- social media, which I think is overcomplicated, things with memes you read, and it'll just say, "Oh, they're going to take away all our guns." That's actually not true. And uh-huh. in, and but the other issue is you mentioned Australia, and we know in Australia, after they implemented their gun reform laws, they haven't. They've had a significant reduction in uh, mass shootings and oh in, yeah, gun violence in general. And so a lot of the pro gun reform. Um, gun reform group will say, "Oh, well, look at Australia; they reformed guns and everything's great." You know, but I do think, and I hate, and I hate to actually agree with Trump, but I do believe he is has a good point that it's it, not just gun reform because he doesn't even think he doesn't even believe in gun reform, to what right. I can see. But we have a mental health crisis in our country, and if we could take away the guns. And I'm not saying I'm not in support of gun reform, because I definitely am. But if we look at Australia specifically, not only do they have gun reform, but they also have universal health care. Yeah. They also have a wonderful quality of life. And Australia is actually ranked second highest. So I was looking into this. Second highest on healthy living scores based on the Commonwealth Fund's six national summary scores on health system performance. They also have the highest quality of life and those their their entire culture is so different than in the united states that we have so much work to do not only with our healthcare system but also our general country's right. quality of life that it, you can gun reform is not going to be enough because it's like we saw in london someone just drove a van into a whole bunch of people
0: you know so, but even when but even when that happens it takes out some people. I
1: agree. Not. Well, people shouldn't own. 500,
0: 600 people that were shot from a hotel window Terrible. from a mile, like not a mile, but. Yeah. I, you look at that window from the scene and it's like this little crap. Like how would you even, there's no, there's only luck lets you escape something like that. Only luck. Like, oh,
1: yeah, I. I just don't understand how someone, an everyday citizen can buy a machine gun and own it and walk around, especially with layered on the top of our mental health. Right. The prevalence of mental health <clears throat> so my, disorders in our country, which everyone essentially has a mental health need. One of, so one of my things
0: is if you're going to if you're going to make it totally legal to open carry any kind of weapon that you want and not do anything to prevent these shootings, then you better at least damn well provide me health care. Yes. In the case that I get shot. Because right. these people that get shot that then don't have health care mm-hmm. They'll, you know, you'll hear people like, I wish I had just died because it would be less of a burden. Mm-hmm. So either, so if you don't have gun control, then make sure that I have insurance to be that covers, tar, you know, right. spree shootings. Beca-
1: or also if we just look at, you know, the controversial topic of abortion mm-hmm. and typically and now everyone is, <clears throat> you know, there's a range of viewpoints on every different topic. It's not that if you believe one thing, you believe another, but typically if you are, against abortion or pro-life, you also are for gun ownership and not in, in favor of gun reform. Right. But it's, it's kind of, that's interesting to me because there's you're okay with the fact that someone could own a machine gun and kill 26 people, but you're not supportive of a woman who for whatever reason might be in a situation where they need to have an abortion. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so, how is that pro life? It seems yeah. it seems like those are conflicting views, and I, I know it may not be. It may be that nobody out there who's pro life is also um, not in support of gun reform. I I I, sh- I can't make that statement because I don't know, but it tends to be.
0: One of my things is that I think that when it comes to gun reform, all I'm asking for when it comes like like my baseline would be give, make a mass murderer have to reload Mm -hmm. like if well that was
1: in the proposed gun reform by obama it was and
0: there will always be illegal and there will always be whatever but make make a like the the sandy hook he just took out a classroom in under a minute because he didn't have to reload like so just you know what make it go back and you have to put the ball in put the black powder in do all mm -hmm. that Then you might have, you probably wouldn't have one dead kid because Mm -hmm. you'd have, and and we're not going to go back to muskets, but Mm. force murderers to reload. That's my, that's my benchmark
1: right there. Honestly, after the Sandy Hook, and I I guess just because it was children, I should, I mean, all of these mass murders have been horrible, but. I'm. But as parents, that's the one that affects us the most. I'm so disappointed that we haven't reformed the gun. People have said
0: if, I've read that if, um. I read people who were in the crime scene and who and did everything. I read that if the American public saw mm-hmm. the crime scene photos, then they would understand. And then they're like the whole, I'm not going to get into the conspiracy theories because they're not worthy of my breath. Mm-hmm. But if you could see the crime scene photos, yeah. opinions would change. That, it, Like there are, the the first responders to that have had major issues. I actually, so I had a, to work with a class this week um, in our counseling program to do a technical thing. And I got there early thinking, oh, maybe I can get this sneak in early and then they can finish up. But I couldn't because they were actually um, on the Tanberg or whatever was a school counselor from Connecticut who was part of the crisis response team to Sandy Hook. And it was riveting to hear her. She was like, we did this and that worked really well. She's like, but honestly, I will be very happy to go through for the rest of my life to never have to be on a response team like that again. And I hope that you never have to be on a response team like that. Because it was so like hundreds of people just showing up just, what one of them? She said was a someone who had, she had worked with at her school who had just moved, and he was there to volunteer, and he was walking up to the school in her gunshots, and didn't know what he should do. Like, is he supposed to go away? He's supposed to run in. What she's, and like? And at that moment, the police had started to show up, and so he just backed up. But he was like, "At can you, so, can you imagine being at the door of our kid's school? No. And like, you couldn't even process that. You wouldn't be able to understand what that was. You know, like you hear that and be like." What is that noise? I don't get it. There's something weird going on. I, like, you can see, and so these P- heroes with a gun and all that bullshit. No. How about we just keep guns a little bit more regulated? And I'm for it, and you know, and the people who get so upset about, especially in a hunting culture, who get really worked up about it, I'm like, it's not your guns. Your guns are never going to yeah, be taken you're from be you. Yeah, are going to
1: be fine. Well, and what they did in Australia was they did a mandatory buyback, so people were yeah. actually incentivized to sell back their guns, and they estimated it was something like 20% of guns um, were removed from everyday citizens. And you've been, so you
0: and I both have been to Australia.
1: Yes. And you can tell it's different there. It is like so,
0: and so I went as, I went (laughs) when I was 25. Yeah, yeah, 25. And, or 24. And I went by myself and I backpacked around the country for three weeks and I felt, so I felt more in danger in LAX waiting for my flight because this was obviously pre nine 11. And so that was in the time when anyone could walk up to the gate. So I had more panhandlers trying to like get me to buy their crap, literally sitting at the gate inside of the jetway waiting for, I had like a 12 hour layover waiting for people. I felt more in danger in LAX than I did anywhere in Australia. Actually when I, King's cross was a little weird in Sydney. Like that was a weird scene when I got off the bus. I was like, "Eh, I'm out of here. But I remember I was on the train and all the trains had um, cloth seats like they were like really nice and i was tired and i had my foot up on my bag and like the train constable comes down with his little stick because i don't have guns goes put your feet on the floor and i was like oh oh my god okay like this is the crime i'm committing in australia is that my feet were up and they should be on the floor so i don't dirty the seats and i'm like how do you get the blood stains out from these cloth seats and people are like we don't have blood stains in the seats because we don't we can kill each other on subways every 20 minutes, like...
1: Well, the other interesting thing about Australia is when you fly in Australia, like, within the country, they still serve full meals, even if your plane is flight is 45 minutes. And it's oh. good food, too. <laughs> the other thing, when I was in Australia, I ate so much food, and a lot of unhealthy food, too, but their food quality is so much better than ours. Did you?
0: So one of the things that was weird is that I found totally weird is that they keep the eggs on the shelves. Did you see that? Did you go into grocery stores oh or anything? my gosh,
1: no, I didn't go into grocery stores, but they do put egg on pizza, which is odd.
0: Yeah, well, they had, and coffee. I couldn't, like, I it took me a full week to figure out how to order coffee because they don't do, like, drip coffee like we do.
1: Well, and it, they'll make great patterns in it so it takes like 45 minutes to get your coffee and you're just standing in line and so the first couple days I wasn't used to the culture so I was like hurry up what here's your problem and I don't really know what I was in a rush for but then I got used to it we were there ten. because you're American right and we came home and I remember getting off the plane in um Logan in Boston and just feeling like oh my gosh I'm I tense right yeah. up and and back to my food I was there I ate a lot I ate so many meals a day and so much food, more food than I ever ate. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to eat 10 pounds on this trip. When I came home and weighed myself, I'd actually lost weight. Because <laughs> our food system here is so terrible. There's chemicals in all the food. It's not well regulated. We are basically killing ourselves with our food, in my opinion. And over there, it's much more natural. Everything's scratch cooked. And they grow it. It's I will tell you, every time I make a plated box, Ingrid comes in and she goes, it smells like Kelly's
0: house. <laughs> I'm like, why? She's like... I don't know. It just smells like, like really fresh food cooking. And I'm like, great. Go live with Kelly.
1: <laughs> I am really obsessed with this because I, it all started with, we're getting a little bit off track, but when I was in nursing, right after I finished, I graduated nursing school, I went to a cart and open heart surgery and the patient was 30 in his or her thirties. And I just remember thinking, this is crazy. I don't want this to happen to me. And that day, changed my views on how I ate and it wasn't it's not about weight Mm because I think this is where we go wrong in the country we start focusing on oh I'm on a diet right no it's not about that it's about how do you eat the most nutrient-dense food to promote health through food because food is like medicine but anyway I digress so Australia is very good about their food their quality of life they have I, I, I think it's mostly like socialism over there oh yeah so people get paid really well so even I was mind blown I don't know if you noticed this but like the bus driver he was so happy
0: yeah like you know hi and they have healthcare I'm trying to explain our health and this was in 1999 yeah and I was explaining our healthcare system then and how it worked and how and the other thing is that I thought I was like hot shit because I was taking a three week Australian vacation <laughs>
1: And right. like I haven't taken yeah. a
0: three-week vacation since. They thought that you was know? a joke over there, right? and they were like, "How yeah. long are you here for?" I'm like, ha, ha, "Well, you sort of sit down, <laughs> three whole American weeks." <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, well, we're here for six months because we're from England, and we're I'm Just like, yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, we're on vacation, And we're on holiday, yeah. and we're doing this." So I was like, "I got three weeks, yeah. and I like had to use save up time and take time unpaid." And they were like, "Oh," and then like, so yeah, they well, have more vacation, friends- and it's like, and i remember, um. Yeah, I loved, and actually there's one in downtown Bangor now, so it's been many years, but all their crosswalks had um, tones for the blind, and so you press the button, and I got used to not even looking at the crosswalk sign, because I listened for the sound, so universal design, and so when I came back, I was like, oh, right, I got to watch for the light. It was very, it was really, I felt so safe. I loved it there. I just thought it was so, I, I, I always came back and said, I said, everything in Australia makes sense. Like, people have health care. It does. People have, you know, and it felt very... And it didn't feel that different from America, except for it felt safe and clean, and people were happy, and it was just... It was wonderful.
1: I'm sure they have their own set of issues over there. My friends actually well, do. lived in Australia, and um, I'm sure when she listens to this, she'll correct me, but I think they had, like, eight weeks of vacation. I'm pretty sure that they would come home for, like, a month. Yeah, and we don't even
0: give, like new mother's maternity leave in this country and in every other country. I talked to one of my coworkers. um, Her partner only gets like, like four days vacation a year, a year and is expected to work all the other days. And I'm like, that doesn't lead to today. We're recording. I took a vacation day today because I'm taking a vacation day tomorrow because of the school is closed. And and I, and I've been there for 10 years and I, I have great vacations, you know, and I can't imagine having four days I had to figure out how to use for the entire year.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. I know. Well, and the other interesting uh, point about Australia, when I was trying to compare just the gun reform in general, is that, okay, so in Australia, how they define poverty is if you're 50% below the median before housing costs. So after tax... A family of two adults with two children, their their definition of the poverty line is forty six thousand five hundred forty per year in the United States. The current poverty um, line for two adults with two children is twenty four thousand three hundred thirty nine dollars. And I think question one was, back to our um, healthcare. But I think question one was supporting expansion of Medicaid. If question make, two
0: was med, question uh, Medicaid. One, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Was if you make under twenty eight thousand, right? Yeah. I mean, can I can't even imagine. Honestly, forty six thousand you can live on because we when James and I were in graduate school, we made we our combined income annually was forty six thousand. We were living in Boston. We legitimately were we had no money for anything. We never went out to eat. We never did anything fun. I I can't tell you one thing about Boston because all I did (laughs) was go to school and sit in my four hundred square foot apartment that I paid like eighteen hundred dollars a month for. I mean, we had nothing, and that was at forty six. Right. So I don't even know how you could possibly do it on twenty four because I wasn't. I didn't buy clothes. I wasn't doing anything. So, anyway, back. So, I just think that in terms of gun reform, we have to do so many things simultaneously in addition to gun reform because mental health is such a crisis, too. Right. And, you know, poverty affects it. Healthcare, our healthcare system is absolutely dysfunctional. And even our just general work life, like I've kind of thought about it before. If you look at our kids right now, like kids across the country, the school day is around six hours. So, they have time in the morning, hypothetically, to relax, get ready for school, whatever, go to school, they go to school, they're with their peers, they are learning, which is great, intellectual stimulation, then they get out at 3 o'clock, then there's typically an emphasis on social and extracurriculars, like mm-hmm. sports team, and I, you know, Ingrid plays field hockey and Cameron plays hockey and yeah. Cameron did soccer and Cameron and Ingrid did ukulele yeah. and, and then Once that's done, then it's dinner time, and then they have time to go to bed at a reasonable hour. And I know it gets a little more intense for high school, but even still, high school, every day, you know, you're either in the band or choir or whatever if you're fortunate enough to do those things. But then, as we are adults, it's like we totally drop in the United States that extracurricular, balanced life with fun and socialization and time for physical activity. We're like, okay, you know what? No, everyone's going to work. 7 to 5, and then you've got to come home, take care of your kids, cook dinner. You don't have time to join a club or um, barely have time to do physical activity, and it's not going to be something organized like a sports team. Now, I know some people do, but the reality is it's very difficult. So I've often thought, like, why do we do it? It actually makes a lot of sense the way we raise the kids, and then we kind of just drop that model when you're adults, and then suddenly – you're just, you don't have time for anything. And no wonder we're, you know, so many people are facing anxiety and depression.
0: So one one of this actually circles way back to the start of the election conversation. Like I told Dave when I woke up yesterday, I was like, I feel like I want to sew again. And he just laughed because my sewing (laughs) machine is right there. I have this awesome sewing machine that I won in a contest. It's a super fancy sewing machine. And I won it a couple years ago and I used it all the time. And I literally, the only thing I've sewn in the last year has been the patches on the kids' Girl Scout vests, and even then I still have patches to do, and, like, I fixed something and did that, whereas I used to be, like, sewing, like, all the time. And so, but I was like, oh, like, I felt like there was, like, this little glimmer of, like, hope or something. Like, oh, I can go do something else for me and not just sit here and be like, oh, my God, okay, so when the nuclear warheads are released, should we just head to Washington County? Like, maybe we should go there. Like, should we, you know, and that sounds kind of paranoid, but just this feeling of doom and i feel like that feeling of doom yes. has been all over regardless of your politics yes. i still feel yes, like there's definitely. a feeling of doom going on um,
1: so i just think if we restructured our society a little bit i believe people would be more productive i don't think we need to have as long a work days yeah and i think we'd have the same productivity honestly and i just and i think we need more engagement and time and support for extracurriculars for adults and i think if we could do that we would prevent a lot of mental illness now we're always going to have severe mental illness right. we're always going to have depression there's always going to be anxiety but i believe just with environmental changes and lifestyle changes and the cultural improvements we could reduce that significantly right and then partner that with gun reform maybe we can actually make some progress in reducing mass shootings i mean because to to be in the same one semester I, and have two mass shootings that are among the top five deadliest yeah. of all time. We are doing something. And those wrong.
0: and one and and both of those were people doing what you're just saying. One was people at a concert, right? Enjoying getting out and, yes. and enjoying their life. And yep. another one was people in a church looking for their own thing.
1: That's true. That's a great so, point too.
0: So it's even true. so, it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like it was at work or all these when we're nose to the yeah. grindstone. Like okay, I'm going to take this time. I'm going to buy the tickets. I'm going to go take this time for me and i'm going to get shot by a guy I'm half a mile away yeah. 40 stories up from a window
1: i mean the <laughs> the mental health of a person who would take a machine gun to a crowd of people and i mean the premeditation that needed to go into that you just that's going to this is going to be a severe mental health need i mean it's it's terrible it's mm-hmm. terrible and we and our mental health system is Oh, it's so frustrating. And the thing is, because it's got to start with what I said. It's got to start in schools, in homes, in our environments, because mental health care, like going to a counselor or getting a prescription, those things are all great, too. But that's not preventative at all. That's way after the fact. And those resources are incredibly limited. So we do nothing with prevention. And then we have clearly not enough providers and not enough access and not enough health insurance or resources to pay for it. So not only not preventing it, but then we're not, we also aren't adequately resourced to treat it. Right. And then we wonder why we have all of these issues.
0: And they can't even, the one thing that I, that really, I'm like, okay, fine, no gun reform, at least let people research it. They won't allow research, public health research on gun deaths. Like the gun lobby is so strong that they forbid any federal funding to allow research on gun deaths.
1: Really? I thought the CDC had some reports on um, gun deaths.
0: They have some reports. They're not allowed to research, but they're not allowed to research it. And
1: research it. they
0: have also said that well, pedi- people could
1: research it. They just pediatricians. It to research
0: it. Pediatricians are not allowed to ask questions if
1: guns are in the home. I don't know about that. I'm, there's that's that is on the Bright Futures report. It's. We, Do you have guns in the home? Yeah, but have you ever been asked? I have, we have. You have? Yes, we have. Oh,
0: I've never been asked.
1: We we have been asked,
0: but it's a new thing because there was a thing that they wanted it to say that they it must be recent because there was a whole piece that pediatricians couldn't ask. We'll have to Google that one.
1: Yeah we are. I, I'm I have been asked that before. Okay. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's on the standard well child yeah. assessments. And I know that um, the other issue for the United States is suicide. Um and Well the number one
0: this, cause of gun I mean the number one gun death is is suicide. And if yeah. and if either of my children ever you know, had their own mental health issues or anything like that, I would be like, the guns are gone. They're out of the house. Mm -hmm. We'd take them away. Like, they wouldn't be in the house if there was ever, or if, you know, if there was ever any, any concern Mm -hmm. of that, they'd be gone. If one of us had a mental health crisis, I'd be like, nope, Dave, sorry, taking them.
1: Mm
0: going to go lock them up Mm -hmm. at my dad's,
1: you know? Even still, though, without an entire restructuring with preventative, a focus on preventative, and actually, it's not about preventing disease. It's about promoting environments that support living to your fullest potential. Right. Because even if we took all the guns away, people will still hang That you know, there's other means to commit suicide than a gun. Right. So I, I can't, it's like everything, this is why I think healthcare is so complicated and also viewpoints. I think politics are very confusing, especially, I personally think this, and I think many people do too if they actually looked into it because- you've got to look at things holistically it's nothing is black or white and when you once you start learning about something you realize what you actually don't know about it so i i'm fully in support of gun reform but i'm also we absolutely need complete reform of our entire society yeah exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) oh gosh so wishful thinking i guess should we move
0: on to our favorite things we're never going to solve all the lighter topic yes all right so what's your favorite thing this week
1: So I got a new blow dryer (laughs) and for all the people who have been telling us that they've been trying Diva Curl, I'm so excited. Yes. That you, by the way,
0: when we do these favorite things, these are not paid sponsorships. If you ever want to, if you ever want to pay us to
1: to review, (laughs) we'll be honest.
0: And if we don't like it, then we're not going to do it. But yeah, Diva Curl should really get on this because she's about to hit him with some more recommendations.
1: Yes. So I bought a Diva Fuser, which is the Diva sponsored blow dryer. And for all of you who are just starting with Diva Curl, I will say that it's maybe a little bit of a journey <laughs> <laughs> because I did. Once I embraced my curls, I shouldn't say that. Oh, one day I embraced my curls and then my curls were perfect because there's a lot of nuances and there's there's a wide range of products within the Diva Curl line, and every curl type is different. So some products work better for different curls. So if you're finding, oh, I, this didn't work well for me, it could be a number of reasons. But I'd say it's 33% a diva cut, 33% the products you use, and then 33% your technique. And I find that when the seasons change, I have to use a different technique and specifically with cold weather. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you go to diva curl, you can look on their YouTubes, it will tell you exactly how to do your hair so your curls look good. And one of the things they recommend is as soon as you shut your shower off, put your gel in your hair, and you may even want to put a little conditioner in there too and then you're not supposed to touch your hair again until it's completely dry when you live in Maine and today it's <laughs> you know it's 20 below 0 and you wa- and I was doing that and you walk outside with your hair so wet it freezes it freezes and then your <laughs> curls look really bad so I bought a deva diffuser actually my husband bought it for me for my birthday thank you very much James and I really love it but even that it took some finagling to see what setting i needed without blowing Without it making my hair frizzy. And it is a little a bit expensive and you don't need Did you the use the expensive. hand? Yeah, it's the thing. hand. So it has a hand. So it keeps your curls intact because what they call, say is they want you to have a curl cast. Which mm-hmm. is like the gel around your curl. They don't want you touching it because that's what causes frizz. So the hand helps keep the curl cast intact. Until your hair is completely dry, and then you can run your fingers through it, and then your curls look totally natural because all their products are natural. Again, we're not getting endorsed, but Diva <laughs> Curls should totally endorse us. Well, because- I'm going
0: today for my Diva, Diva, cut. Diva Cut because my hair is getting too long. When my hair gets long, it starts dragging out the Me curls. Me too.
1: Same. And way. I don't
0: have the Diva Fuser, but I have a I have a hair dryer with a diffuser that has a deep bowl.
1: Yeah. So you
0: can like kind of just hold it in place and let it go. Yeah. Same but same. I have the same thing in winter. Like the humidity does great things for my hair, and then when Me it gets too. dry, it's like. I like, Ingrid's yeah. like, I like long hair. I'm like, I look like a witch.
1: Yeah. I, I can't go, I can't let mine go long either. I wish I could, but it just doesn't look yeah. that long at all.
0: So I'm getting my haircut done today. The, um, so mine is going to be, uh, and we actually talked about Netflix last week too, but I'm going to talk about it today because we finally, yesterday after our storm, we talked about last week, we had 10 days without internet at our home oh my gosh. and we had data. We, and our can our data plans. We burn through our data really quickly and then it gets throttled because of no internet, but. Last night, it was so nice to be able to have Netflix back, and we... This was your first night with
1: internet? Last, last night? night
0: was the first night with internet. Oh
1: my gosh, I had no idea.
0: Yeah, exactly. The struggle was incredibly real.
1: That's crazy.
0: So we And so we have this um, routine now where we kids go to bed, and we watch an episode of The Office, and an episode of Parks and Rec. And when we had last watched it, it was like the season, the cliffhanger from Parks and Rec. And I've actually watched it, but now Dave's watching it with me. We're watching it again. So I knew it was going to happen, but it was so fun to like just have our night bag. Like, all right, we're going to watch The Office, we're going to watch Parks and Rec, and like we're back in the routine. So now we are all set. We have internet, we have power. The tree is gone. We are good to go. Right or roll, and pretty excited to be back in our so office your favorite thing.
1: So is my Netflix. favorite
0: thing right now is Netflix, and yeah. and and The Office. The Office, I find myself cringing through it a lot. Um, but Parks and Rec, I just love. and uh, we joke that my daughter's Leslie Nope, because. She's so excited about she wants to go to a city council. Oh, maybe. I
1: can totally she even kind of looks like her. Yeah. And so <laughs> she's also
0: she looks who she also is is um <gasps> Sue Heck from the show The Middle, if you Oh, maybe to say that's that. what I'm thinking of. She looks like her there. But so but really Sue Heck probably was gonna grow up to be Leslie. Nope. But after the election, Anger was so excited and she was like, How old do you have to be? And she's legit, like it's not I don't feed her this stuff. Like, you know, sometimes you see kids say things, you're like, You didn't say that. Your mother taught yeah, you to yeah. say that. And I don't teach her this. She's like, how old do you have to be to run for city council? Is 35 like the president? And I was like, first of all, you know how old you need to be to run for president, okay? And second of all, no, I think you can just be 18. I didn't even she know, know like, you oh. to be
1: 35 to run for president. Yeah,
0: yeah another year, Kelly, and you're wow. there.
1: Wow. I wonder if, do you think Mark gonna run for president?
0: God, no, I hope not.
1: Why? Because I, love I want a
0: politician. Oh, okay. Anyway, not a, not a career politician, but I want somebody who has some experience in diplomacy and
1: yeah.
0: not just inventing the poke app on Facebook. He did more, but I don't know. I'm not into celebrity presidents right now.
1: <laughs> well, I don't say call him a celebrity. I guess he yeah. has kinda of turned into one. Yeah. So anyway, she was like
0: she's like, Well, can we go to a city council meeting? And I'm like, Who I'm like I don't even want to go to it. and I'm political. I'm like, sure, so I have to look for a good one that maybe will be interesting if there's library funding or something that she really cares about. And she wants to go <laughs> to a city council meeting and I'm like All
1: right, sure. You we should, should have go James Singer, he goes to him all the time. Well You can watch him on Facebook Live.
0: Yeah, but I, think I she watch wants, them all the time. She wants to go and feel the energy in the room, you know. I w- so she should,
1: piece. She should. I should piece ask publicly. James to.
0: I should ask James to look at the agendas and tell me what would be a good one. Get her fired up. She loves the <laughs> library. If they try to cut library funding, she'll be there and be like holding a sign and all of that. I so can't anyway.
1: imagine that crossing the city council i mean i can't imagine i'm not supporting the library
0: oh you you weren't here when that happened anyway (laughs) all right so that was our show if you want to email us with any questions or you want to find us on facebook you can find us at balancing chaos podcast on at gmail.com or on facebook at balancing chaos and give us a like if you want to give us a review in itunes or stitcher or any of those services you can do that um and we will talk to you next week
1: bye bye